when you're like in any room, you kind of have to, you know, you feel like obligated to, to actually like Yeah, on some level, love them. I don't, um, I'm not allowed to eat in this room, so you should think yourself lucky. Why aren't you allowed to eat? Is it because you end up getting crumbs? Because I'm in a relationship with my mother, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> you are as well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, I suppose. But, like, um, you're, you're in a relationship with the mother, Mary. I can't escape that, though. Mm. Soren Kierkegaard was in a relationship with his mother, but not a sexual one. Mm. But um, it was very confusing because at the time that before he was born, like his mum was like a sort of like um, barmaid who was working in uh, Copenhagen in mm. Denmark. And, uh, you know, like she was sort of like known around as like um, the Fanny Anna. <laughs> I was like, what her nickname was. Yeah, is is um, that um? What's the what's the Danish for that? But I I think for the purposes of this episode, all the dialogue will be in Yorkshire or like sort of Salfordian. Yeah, well, no, Yorkshire works because like Scandinavia is sort of the Yorkshire of mm. Europe, isn't it? Uh huh. When you think about it, Denmark. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's Scandinavia, isn't it? All that, mm. all that area. Just sort of like, not quite Eastern Europe. No, um, it's not quite into the woods. No, but incredibly white. Hmm. Yeah. And there was this um, a sort of wool merchant who mm. wool. Um, wool. Mm. Yeah. So he's very, very profitable kind of wool. So not he's, a farmer, not like a sheep shearer, like an actual a buyer of wholesale and. Pretty, pretty, he had the farm, he had, he had it all, basically. Yeah. So he had the sheep, he, he cut out the middlemen, yeah. he merchandised it mm. and uh, sold it around. Mm. He might have even made it all into jumpers, but I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty cold up there, isn't it? Mm. Fanny Anna met him, mm. and like a few times, you know, because he, he would always go down there and like she'd to the go... Bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the name of the bar? The Lamp in the Shadows. <laughs> okay, it's lovely, that. Mm. This is happening around 1812. Okay. You know, this is a year that we're in, so... Yeah. Back then, Copenhagen didn't have, like, uh, any sort of horses and carriages even because the streets were incredibly crooked mm. and sort of lined with, like, kind of, um, like, prostitutes and mm. stuff. Um, so, like, to be able to, if you were going into a bar and things, um, you buying drinks, you know, you looked, you were, you know, top of uh, the food chain around that sort of area, basically, mm -hmm. um, because you weren't just sort of, like, scurrying around outside like a sort of weird, like, little rat with, like, a... Uh, bouffant haircut, like, uh, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. That's not all he did, but anyway, like, uh, he was, um, you know, one thing led to another, you know, like, uh, one night, because one lesson that Daddy Kierkegaard imparted upon his son is mm. always to kind of, like, ejaculate into the bush. Oh, I thought around. you meant, like, like, into the garden. Because they didn't have, like, hankies back then or nothing, no. so it's just, like, a kind of way to kind of, like... You know, get all that 
out dog nah. stuff away but like that night he was just kind of like she was just like well one way or another he did like he said something like i am the lord almighty and then like kind of came and it's not something he normally says during sex either it'd be strange if he did that regularly if that was your thing just going like oh i'm lord almighty yeah. like elvis yeah like, yeah. yeah i'm sorry mama yeah and he came in her and then like he was just like is this when Soren Kierkegaard was conceived yeah yeah he felt very bad about that not because he was a, a Christian man his father what was his dad called okay ran down so like while while I look that up again mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about your mum um what my my literal mum or my my your, your figurative mum figurative mum um yeah, I mean, there is always that urge. And I think it's, with me, it's it really is sort of just like a coin toss. Mm. Um, so have you got his name yet? Could I haven't got his dad's it? name, but Kierkegaard also had a brother called Peter. Peter Kierkegaard. Mm. <laughs> have you got his name, yeah? yeah. Samuel Kierkegaard. Sam, Samuel Kierkegaard. Right. So, he felt very guilty, Sam, about getting this lady, Fanny Anna, pregnant. Mm. Um, because he's got another woman pregnant before yeah. by mistake. You know, people who get Quite women get with people who do get women pregnant by mistake yeah. tend to like do it a lot. Yeah. Don't they? It always seems to be people with lower intellects seems to be the most fertile. Hmm. We noticed that. He was always like apparently this is what uh, one of his friends said, mm. is that, like, you know, when they were on the road doing the the, um, the wool merchanting kind of thing, yeah. uh, what they used to do when they were having sex was they'd always, like, kind of, like, try to draw out at the last possible opportunity to, like, prove who was, like, more, more manly or something, you know, like, mm. well, when they were having sex, you know... It's like jousting, isn't it? yeah. Like when they're having sex with like these like uh, sort of little kind of like um, small kind of like holes with like leather like kind of lining like them with them, yeah. Like but like kind of on a sort of wooden sort of bench thing. Mm-hmm. So you'd have like a wooden sort of stand with like this leather kind of thing in it, and these two guys would just sort of like uh, uh, uh. last away. Yeah, you? yeah, and then like kind of like are you re- are you nearly there? You nearly there, yeah. right? Um, um, would they, oh, would yeah, they, would uh, they stood next to each other like in like a toilet, or would they be facing each other? Stood next to each right. other, just yeah. talking like you know, sideways yeah. to one another. Almost like they stood at like a like a urinal, yeah. Which is like why it's always uncomfortable to do that we've, to we've go to a urinal. That memory. Yeah, and why some men are okay with it because they're kind of like laddie, kind of merchant-type guys. Yeah, and then there's there's some people who would spend ages and you always wonder, is that because they're nervous or is that because they like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I prefer to go to the cubicle sit completely, down, sit, down, sit down and just sort of close the door and just sort of like listen until no one else is outside and then leave. Fancy. So it takes about, sometimes it takes you five minutes to go to the toilet mm. if there's other people in there. Do you like the, the sensation of weeing beneath your thighs? I don't know any any different. Yeah. I, do you ever stand up? What, do you mean just to walk and stuff? <laughs> no. when mm. you go to the toilet? Now and again, if the 
of cubicles Stand are up full. To shit. And I don't want to wait for the cubicles. I but. used to, um, I went to a school with this fella called Frank. He was my age. He sounds like an old fella that I went to school with. Yeah. Um, he's like a prototype version of you, in a way. Okay. Dave. Uh, what? Dave, he's Dave, called. Frank. Frank. Yeah. And um, we used to, um, when we when we got old enough to go to pubs and stuff, but we were still really young, so it was mm. like disconcerting. We'd go to urinals, but then we'd drop our trousers so that our bare mm. asses were out for when people walked in, mm. and they had to look at our young asses. When Kierkegaard was born, they, they were still out of wedlock. Sam was really paranoid about, like... Uh, God, because he yeah. said that almighty, oh, I am God almighty thing, and it's kind of blessed blasphemous. And he was sort of like, he's pacing up and down, and like uh, Kierkegaard's being held by the mum, because she's moved in by now. Mm. And she's just kind of going like, look at him. And he's, the dad's just going like, but he's out of wedlock. It's and weird then, as like, well that they would refer to their like, newborn mm. baby as Kierkegaard. As well, that's strange, isn't it? Not like Baby Soren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just call him Kierkegaard, mm. as if he was like a like a noun. Mm. Yeah, little Kierkegaard. <laughs> yeah. And um, she said, and this is stuck with him. Kierkegaard remembers this because it seems a bit mad to say this, but some people don't remember anything from being a baby, but mm. Kierkegaard does. Mm. And it's in his journals. And she actually like kind of flicks his hair and goes, "That's his little wedlock." His wedlock. Yeah, that's his hair. Oh, right. So he had like a kind of sort of quiff yeah. like, as soon as he was born. Sort of shaved like, at the sides. Yeah. <laughs> but just a distinctively tall bit of hair. Yeah. Like if you look at any portrait of him, yeah, yeah. and that's, he's always called that his wedlock. Yeah. That's like I don't know if that's stuck. That's what people call that bit of hair now, isn't it? A wedlock. It got him into a lot of trouble, actually. Can you remember your babyhood? Yeah. All of it. No, obviously not all of it. Do you think I can't remember all of yesterday? No, um, but you can remember, you know, substantial chunks. Yeah, yeah. Do you think probably people, more of it than yesterday? Do you think people forget it because it's so boring? Yeah, I had an interesting one. Yeah, why was it so interesting? Well, that thing of uh, Kierkegaard was that, like, he ended up, you know, like living in this kind of quite rich household in the end. Him and Fanny Anna did anyway. Yeah. He had like you know like the merchant stuff going on around him, mm. and it was like uh, it's very kind of very like his mum was very matronly and sort of like looked after him, but she also kind of like talked about pretty dirty stuff around him and Peter. She was a bit of a, of a lower status though, wasn't she? Yeah, and the thing is, like she sort of like it sort of instilled an attitude in Kierkegaard that you get in a lot of men. That, like, you know, women are just kind of sluts. Mm. And, uh, There's different words for it, though, aren't they? I mean, you, you can frame that better. Me? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's unkind to it, say it out loud, isn't it? But you might... Yeah, exactly. But you might be thinking it about three years later if we have Peter mm. and they are married. Do you think at that age... Like, well, how old is he there? Like, like three. Toddler, toddler, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think at that age or at any age you you actually do think in words? You know, like we were talking about like the word slut then. No. Do you think you just you just think in impulses and then Yeah, tones. 
yeah. but you've got other people's words. You understand other people's words, so you kind of do. They go in as words, but, but they... Most of his days weren't spent thinking about that. A lot of time he would just be wearing his little shoes with big buckles on. <laughs> and he would just be like kind of playing about with objects, like looking at bits of straw, pulling on them, seeing what happens, you know, like, and looking at... Like, laying his head to the side and looking at, like, flecks of dust going through, like, uh, the air. Mm. You know, like, He had that little... Um, little car that was like a big shoe and buckle on as well didn't he yeah <laughs> he used to pedal about it yeah, the, yeah just like like flintstones when yeah, you've got yeah. like a hole in the bottom and yeah. you just sort of go it was like a blue blue um suede shoe yeah with a gold buckle on it yeah but no steering wheel or nothing no but the, you the, could the, only there was go like forward. a cushion at the back that actually looked like a frilled sock as well yeah <laughs> Get into the crux of him. Yeah. The, the crocs. Yeah. Like, so didn't we didn't drive a croc? No. But because they weren't invented yet, they didn't have plastic back then, which is amazing. If you think, what? Do, how do you think if if Kierkegaard existed in a world of plastic, what would he be up to? Um, I mean, he'd be, he'd be in his element, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, considering everything else going yeah, on, like, but considering yeah, what he does, where he goes. Yeah, but. What's what's beautiful about him, I think, is uh, even though he is like one of the most sort of like sordid, like kind of sewer rats in in history, really, like a real kind of golem of a figure, yeah. and like uh, he's also someone who's consistently and always trying to reach higher. Yeah, I, I think it's like that that thing of like um, like self esteem. You know, no matter how hearted scrub and there is some honour in the scrubbing he'd never be able to get himself completely clean what you have to realise is that he'll talk about an idealisation of like uh, you know the human spirit and what people should be aspiring to you know like a beautiful subjectivity etc that's just game isn't it it's, no he's not a, it's not about game though, is he he's not is he yeah <laughs> Course he Maybe is, he is uh, but it didn't work, you know, when he was doing that. No, but it might be why he was always seeing the prostitutes. Mm. Do you think practicing? Maybe. Uh, no, he liked. He called them mammon. <laughs> like, yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Like, uh, I'll read a quote. Yeah, go on. All right. So there's a lot of this. So I think yeah. Sometimes, most of the time, I do pull out. He says. The mammon dares me into a breach, under the light and into dark. Preparations must first be made before taking this venture into a foul. I dare like a swimmer to remove the apparel which signifies my status. I wouldn't want it to be drenched in the mire. Gone are my fine clothings and gone is my pocket watch. They are the items on which usually rest my social status. Now, it... That doesn't really, like, make any sense in the context of anything that we've just mentioned. But it kind of shows that... As an adult, he was groomed into uh, loving being a dandy, mm. and he thinks that he can go to a red light district, take his jacket off, and put like 
an old man's coat on. Like, basically, like, it's like if I wanted to go incognito and I took off, like, some fancy clothes and, like, dressed up in a boiler suit <laughs> and then went down the red light district and think no one would recognise me. Yeah. Is what he's trying to do there. Yeah. Like, do you think that's, like, normal kind of, like, self-perception? No, it's strange, and it? It's like me... He doesn't do anything with his hair. He just takes his clothes off, puts some other clothes on that are a bit filthier. It's like me going to work as Barry Vaseline. Yeah. But then trying to, like, screw everyone I worked with. Yeah. But then then, then leaving the building, putting my own clothes on, coming home and pretending everything's fine. Pretty much, fine. yeah. Yeah, just walking back home. Which kind of fits in with his his style of writing is that he would often use, you know, aliases. Yeah. Or, um... Pseudonyms. Pseudonyms, yeah. yeah. Uh, as in, like, different characters. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that he never called his readers his readers. Mm. He called them his listeners, which is weird, isn't it? It is strange, reckon, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, now listener. Because he's never recorded, was he? They didn't have recording back then, <laughs> I don't think. So he was kind well, of I like... I think they did a bit, but he, he wasn't doing that, was he? I think they recorded on telegrams, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd just be kind of going... He's not doing that. He'd probably be into that, though, wouldn't he? He would have done it if he had one, if he could afford one. You'd hear the... But that's him plopping his bum on it. Yeah. You don't know that. To you, it's just a telegram, but to him, it's dirty. Yeah. He wasn't unsuccessful with women, because he had famously, like, this is the thing that his whole... He made an entire career... Well, he didn't make an entire career out of it until he (laughs) died, but, like, uh, he tried to. He spent all his inheritance on making loads of fanzines about this. But he had, like, a fiancé for quite a while that he kind of, like, you know, used to kind of go around and sort of chat up and everything and then until until she went out with him. Mm. She's very attractive if you look at her sort of, like, painting. Yeah. And she ended up marrying... People are, though, in paintings, aren't they? Uh, she's she's much more attractive. She's called Regina Olsen. Mm. Um, Sounds attractive, just the name. Do you know why Why didn't he want to marry her, do you reckon? He was um, about, he, I'd say he's about 21 around this time. Yeah, he's still got a lot of, like, rooting to do, hasn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't say it like that. No. He rooted her. Just because, just because he doesn't say it like that doesn't mean he doesn't think it like that. That's what we were talking he, about. first time he he's like looked out of the city it was this kind of like we're jumping back and forth a bit but it's okay isn't it yeah this is before he met regina um and he was about 12 years old and this is his sort of sexual awakening mm-hmm. is that he got into a ferris wheel that from a visiting circus yeah. and they took him right to the you know like about 20 feet above like what copenhagen was back then and uh, you could see, like, you know, all the prozzies. Yeah, and, like, or just, like, loads of, like, big, big white asses bobbing up and down in a yeah, in like Yeah, basically he looked into the alleyways and could just see a load of, like, 
Yeah, just like like dignitary, dignitary you know, flabby, flaccid ass. And he was just sort of his eyes opened, <laughs> and his, you can't his, see that, can you? His wedlock kind of like sprung up like that, <laughs> you know, like in a straight line, yeah. like Mister Majika, yeah. just like boom, yeah, and um, and he had to kind of like unbutton his cravat and top button and all yeah. that, and just sort of like. Oh, you started feeling a bit sick, <laughs> yeah. actually, like, which you do first time, you see anything yeah. that's sort of arousing in that sort of sense. And then, like, uh, you know, it went back down, mm. but he didn't. <laughs> so the Ferris wheel went back down. Yeah. But And then he got off, his mum was waiting for him at the bottom, and he just sort of sees her cleavage out mm. and just sort of like... Uh, and then they take him home. But what does he do the day after? He goes back again, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, like a junkie, yeah, just because he's interested in seeing, because he's disgusted in it, like yeah. you are. It's like, how gross is that? And he goes up again and has a look, ogling at Twat Alley. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's the thing with like, especially like, um, like Germanic countries like that, don't translate that well, does it? Twat Alley, but that's, no. what, it, that's what it was called. What was your it's sexual like, awakening? Were you on a um, Ferris wheel? No, I was in the Arndale. Mm. Um, this is a true story. And I, I remember, I can remember it really clearly. Um, I was walking about with my mum. Oh, he's with your mum, isn't it? It's strange. But anyway, um, mm. and I saw uh, some lady changing what I thought was a disco ball in Miss Selfridge. Oh, yeah. And she was uh, mixed race like me. And mm. she looked a little bit like Tina Turner, I think, maybe. Mm. So it's like when you first see someone attractive, isn't it? Mm. But it's the f- it's not so much. You probably have seen someone attractive before, but no. it's the first time you're attracted. You're just like, ooh. But I didn't go back like some sort of weird fucking mm. kink bot. Oh, she would probably wouldn't be there changing the sex. She doesn't do it. No, all but the time. I also didn't go, well, go think like, oh, I need to go back. Uh, well, I like, did when I mean when I found my older brother's porn stash. I looked again a couple of days later. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I suppose it's the it's the. The nature of the sexual awakening, isn't it? Much mm. like Kierkegaard's, like looking at like old fellas' asses mm. bobbing up and down. Yours was a bit more lascivious. Yeah, and like a bit, but like mine was it, quite innocent, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like exactly. Well, I think it's it wasn't what's, um, even like overtly sexual. It was. What's just, sad about it though? Before this Ferris wheel ride, yeah, this like twenty foot Ferris wheel ride, not even that high, really. Not really, really low. It's a really low Ferris, but so it's it must a, have been, a small town and Ferris wheels weren't... next to Twat Alley. Back then, though, that was one of the biggest Ferris wheels in, like, yeah, you know, Europe, though, weren't they? basically. Everyone was really small as well. And they just, yeah, and you trundle them into town. Yeah. You know, like, you're just kind of, like, going along the roads, this Ferris wheel, like... Yeah. And it's meant for, like... I think it's always meant for like pervs, maybe. I don't mm. know. I don't really know the history of it like properly. I didn't. I... Yeah, you've got, you've got to wonder about the positioning of it. If that's the main view of it, it's just all of these. Is it for children? All yeah. of these white arses. Yeah. And just like uh, sort of spread stockinged legs yeah. around them, like in little kind of like, you know, they're all smoking fags. Yeah. Faces smoking cigarettes and yeah. or like looking at all a mobile of them phone. Yeah, yeah, just like <laughs> none of them. The mobile phone. None of them particularly enjoying it. Just all just going like, 
Yeah, it's are you nearly done yet? It's open function. You can hear like a like it's it's almost like um, mm. like loads of fellas just filling cement mixers in a row. Yeah, just going off, 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 like that. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, everyone looking at the like, little kind of like, but very, they're all dressed like uh, they're not dressed like Kierkegaard. These guys, they're all just dressed in like you know, like kind of crappy, like had a little waistcoat yeah, it's with like, like the, shit on them. Copenhagen Whitehall, essentially. Mm. They're all kind of just like walking around in like uh, circles, <laughs> you know, like waiting for a free an- free alleyway, basically, yeah. like you know, just kind of like looking from side to side, you know, like <laughs> yeah. in case anyone sees them. Yeah, and, like like. like like the thugs that you get on like Streets of Rage that are just mm. like walking around with a knife yeah. in their hand. Back yeah, and forth. just like, uh, uh. and like, um, Kierkegaard feels like you wouldn't be able to mix with them, you know, walking no. through going like, oh, top of the morning. Yeah. Um, hello, wench. You know, like, um, <laughs> but he's not thinking about even partaking in that. He's just thought, he's kind of like, he goes back home and like uh, masturbates a lot and then thinks yeah. like, oh, I, I really need a girlfriend, you yeah. know. And then there's Regina who's at school mm. uh, with him. She wears a lovely like kind of green, she looks great in green mm. all the time in green and it's, stuff. It's really difficult to look great in green as well. Yeah, she's got red hair. Yeah. So it's a good like kind of yeah. like Christmassy look. Really pops. Yeah. And uh, she's, he, um... He sort of starts telling her that, like, you know, you can get... Maybe I could talk to my dad about... This is his wooing technique, is, oh, maybe I could talk to my dad about getting you some nice frocks and stuff, you know, like, uh, mm. you'd look you'd go, look great in a bit of silk. Mm. And she's just like, oh, oh, what's your dad... And, you know, like, because it, she's, like, kind of the beauty of the town, which is funny as well, but, like, the thing with Kierkegaard as well... And everyone calls him Matt, like, or Little Kirky. Yeah. Uh, is that he's funny. Yeah. Like, everyone thinks he's funny, even though he's a bit kind of Rick Moranis or something. But yeah. not not, dis- not as distinctive. Yeah, but there wasn't really, like, jocks back then, was there? So it's like... Oh, you had a couple, yeah. But not in the but same way that we would now. They didn't it. rule the roost, did they? You, you were more sort of... Mm. You were more capable of getting the upper hand if you were some sort of level of intellectual... Yeah, whereas if you were a jock back then, you were more comfortable going to like a red light area with a knife, I <laughs> <laughs> just walking in a circle, waiting for an empty alleyway. Yeah, just just some eight bit jock. Yeah. This is a thing that Kierkegaard hated as well, is that he had this sort of, like, drive towards, you know, like, uh, women in sort of fancy sort of knickers. Mm-hmm. And not fancy, anti-fancy <laughs> knickers. And um, and everyone else did. He knew it. He knew that he was no better than the crowd, which is, like, you know, the untrue crowd that yeah. just lies, basically, which is where his quote, the crowd is untruth, comes from, is that basically the crowd is, like wrong yeah but they're all kind of facilitating each other's lives by going to church on a sunday and kind of going like oh we can do what we want during the week so his kind of version of christianity that he was proposing is like basically it's got to be hard work and you can't just like kind of give in and go and like 
shag prostitutes mm. under a Ferris wheel. Yeah. <laughs> like every every day. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't do that. Yeah, you'd like stop having a three hour dinner hour. Mm. I think we made a good point about his philosophy. Yeah. Or I did. If you look at everything he preaches, he does the opposite of it. <laughs> like there's, there's no one else in history who, who's quite like that. Do you think that's that's part of this whole thing? Is is it's true to be contradictory? Do you think he was just kind of like, yeah, trolling? It's like you don't want to drink beer, beer shite. And then he's and then just downs a pint of beer on an on an advert for beer. Yeah, I was getting somewhere. Oh yeah, so he didn't go out with Fingy. Regine. Didn't he? Uh, he shagged her. Yeah. Uh, got to feel what it felt like and. Maybe it's because you weren't dressed like... Do you, you think know. that's why it's so contradictory? Because it's just about feeling what things feel like. What do you think he'd make of the internet? Oh, he'd be he'd be well plugged in, yeah. Yeah, yeah all night. So after after Regina, you know, he, he started doing his visits to sort of prostitutes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And... <coughs> you right. Mm. Sorry, um... I'll just read a bit of his sex journals out. Um, so thanks to uh, Rafe for uh, translating this, actually. Like, um, he's really surprised me, like how useful he's He doesn't become. tell you, he doesn't, he doesn't show off about uh, no. his, uh, his, his master's degree, clever, does he? he? Like, um, he's like 23 and he's got like a, a master's in like critical theory. Mm. And he can... Um, speak eight languages mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I well, just want to say you know thank you for translating all this and I hope that your first day working at Starbucks tomorrow goes really well so yeah he's talking about his clothes again so he's like saying like this is him going out and he's first you know like like that TV show Dexter when he sort of dresses up like different to go and like stalk people and he's just like so each time ta- temptation takes me i'm affording an opportunity to dip- dispense with my higher status and to dress as a commoner thus removing all artifice i need not these items in the bowels of a mammon wherein all men are equal only to the pennies in their pockets so he's like kind of like it's the same in it it's the same as, as when he goes shagging oh that's what he's doing isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's going to see the mammon yeah the mammon, the mammon, mammon. Yeah. So, like, you'd get the biblical reference of that, wouldn't you? Yeah. What is it? It's harder for you to relate to his attitude to women because you don't really have an attitude to women. I have an attitude to women, like, uh, and, and I've like, not a sexual attitude. Though. I do. I've just because you're asexual doesn't mean that you don't have sex ever. <laughs> it's just I think like. It does happen, you see. Yeah. I had sex recently. Well, you had sex when you were 21 with a 65-year-old woman. No, recently. Oh. Like, um... How recently? Uh, yeah, on, like, on the only here. the other week. Oh. Like, about a week, two and a half weeks ago. Mm. And, um... Who was he? She, um... I can't tell you who she was, because she's quite, you know... I don't want a name out there. Yeah. You know, like, it's... But, um... It's, it's funny, like, I mean, I've always thought sex was a purely, like, kind of, like, uh, transactional, almost, kind of relationship mm. that, like, was, like, you know, one of you's being robbed, aren't you? Uh, Someone's in some being way. duped. Yeah. 
But she, maybe it was me this time, and she sort of touched my face, and um, you know, like I, I, had, I had a bit of a cry. Mm. But, um, Did anything else happen? No, just sex stuff. Oh, like. yeah. But um, Holly Herdman is like a, a really, really good musician as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could do better, but yeah. it's the thing. It's just you. Just it's the adjustment to the successful lifestyle that you're now leading. Yeah, I suppose like um, she's sort of like uh, she did text me the other day, and I was sort of saying, "Well, I am, you know, asexual, so mm. it's okay for she to talk." That, um, I've not dumped her yet. What's interesting with Kierkegaard is that when he dumped Luminaire, what's she called? Um, Regine. Regine. He did all he could to still hang about with her. Mm. His dad is about to die, you know, around this time as well, and then did die. Mm. And uh, he got given, like, you know, his whole kind of wool merchant thing. But instead of, like... Um, did he, like, acquire the business? Yeah, but instead of, like, running it... What did Peter think of that? If my brother Kierkegaard had gone off and sold my father's business for like half of its value or even yeah. a little bit less yeah. to like um, just some Rodney up a pub <laughs> basically <laughs> like, the guy he sells it, sold it to mm. I can tell you his name as well it's um, jo Johann Frederick Schlegel 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 we'll just call him yeah and um, he, he took over that business um, and he was an older man as well. Mm. And he also ended up marrying uh, Regina. Right. Yeah. And he also became governor of the West Indies. <laughs> so it's like, this is the kind of potential Kierkegaard pretty much had thrown at him yeah. by his dad dying. Now, like, uh, my dad died mm. and I inherited absolutely nothing. <laughs> and if I did inherit something, maybe, maybe if you got... That kind of like well, say that as background. if you were expecting something. We were expecting. I would have expected at least like a tape measure, yeah. or or anything. You know, something from yeah, the garage. You can have my. You can have my tools. Yeah. Uh, I've got. I've left my letter. You can have my tools. You can you have know, me, like, You can have my bastard file. I guess people don't. People don't care, do they? Because they just think you're just going to nick that stuff anyway when you're dead. You don't need a list of like, oh, no. you can have my. Um, well, yeah, it doesn't make any odds, does it? Like, you can have that little umbrella. What, and, well, like, if, yeah, like if you, you, if you say if if you say I can't have that, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're dead. If you were Kierkegaard and your dad died, you'd sell his business to some Rodney down the pub, who then like kind of actually become governor of West Indies and marry your ex-fiancé yeah and uh, basically just kind of be an awesome basically he just turned his life around Johan mm. uh, Schlegel Schlegel <laughs> Schlegel completely turned his I life should, around I'm, and, I'm surprised um, I've not heard about him because obviously with my heritage as well like most of my family are from mm. you know at least West half Indies. of them are from the West Indies yeah yeah you got connections though it says he ran all kinds of businesses this is what it says on Wikipedia it says Eventually, she married Johann Frederick Schlegel, who became governor of the West Indies and ran all kinds of businesses. And shit. He's loads older than her, and they used to go to the same church Kierkegaard did, and he would trail around after her. That's what it says Citation on the... Citation uh, needed. Yeah. 
So he did follow after her a lot, mm. even when they were kind of first courting. And he did go to a marriage, a wedding. He stood outside the, the, the church do while they we were getting married. Do you think it's just voyeurism? Because it is a bit in it. Like, he does like watching shit. No, no, because he was. But he does get his, involved. Uh, his well, wedlock was like, you know, and all the. Whenever he was around her mm. after this, his wedlock was always like down his forehead like and often like with a bit of moisture on it like it'd been rained on like a flock of seagulls yeah and he had to thing. kind of like move it back yeah. and like it'd be like drooping I think it was trying to tell him something yeah but he also wanted a sort of life of matronomy and like kind of like real kind of like frugal hard work but yeah. what he claims um, is that everything that he did was the reason he dumped her is what he claims is because, like, basically, he had to find some higher truth and, like, purpose. And if he worked on his dad's, like, uh, cotton mill or yeah. whatever, and then, like, uh, he would never... He would never have written what he wrote. But I kind of, uh, I think... It's a bit, a bit of a cop-out, that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's bullshit, that. Yeah. That's like when you kind of, like... He would have thought that was bullshit as well. That's what's interesting. He knows it is. Yeah. Um, but... Everyone believes it, like, yeah. after he died. Yeah. Uh, it's only recently that, like, um, you know, under his pillow they found his sort of sex journal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's been, like, tucked under there for a but, long like, time. But, like, the pillow in his, uh, in his coffin. Yeah. Under his head. Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? I've been to his grave. Mm. Um, it's, it looks like mm. it's covered in snail trail. But it's possibly something else. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't want to. Didn't want to check. Mm. But that's what it looked like. How, why did they excavate him to find it? Do you think? No one. No one knows that it was actually just some like uh, young Polish lad who just sort of crept in one night after being given like ten quid. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, there's just there's a lot of scavengers around there, isn't there? Mm. Copenhagen. Because now it's like a, it's like a city of sin, I, isn't it? I don't think there's any way that like uh, digging up his grave and sort of like. You know, like, it's ever going to be traced back to the, the, the three guys who arranged that. And I think that's, like, why you keep mentioning it as well, that we're working towards is someone stole his wedlock as well. Yeah, you could make guitar strings from that. Yeah. Like, and, uh, but yeah. you'd, have a, you'd have the sleaziest guitar ever, basically. Yeah, like, uh, yeah I mean, all guitars are sleazy. Mm -hmm. But it'd be even more so, because it'd be, yeah. like, made from Kierkegaard's wedlock. Just like twanging that, like, uh, yeah, like, or paintbrushes. Oh, I do oh, a sleazy yeah. painting. You'd, would you would you buy one of them? Depends how expensive. I mean, you can afford mo most things now, can't you? Now, maybe I don't need to buy one, but that's beside the point anyway. So, um, because yeah. we nicked it, didn't we? When he was buried, he had his arms crossed across his chest in a mm. sort of Christian position. Yeah. But when they found his body, one hand had gone down over his groin, yeah, as if he was like. And the, other one, and the other hand was over his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Under his wedlock. Yeah. With, like, his wedlock going over. Yeah, and there was, like, they, they wrote in, um, like, Sharpie across his chest, peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, they'd moved him around. Not even bit. accurate. I mean, they could have at least written that in, Dan in Danish. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It's going to be all scanned onto the internet soon, this sort of, like, diary. But this yeah, is the only place where... It's going he's... on rotten.com. <laughs> I don't think that he's, uh, he's ever going to 
he's ever going to be happy with it, but he's dead, isn't he? Yeah. Like, it's going on Rotten.com um, and steak and cheese. But everything else he ever wrote with his dad's, you know, with the money he made from selling his dad's business, mm. he would uh, tirelessly, like, uh, you know, print cheaply. Uh, as cheap as possible because he needed his money and then he mm -hmm. sort of like pamphlet around town so but he wrote this one thing you know for himself but it's weird that he would actually pretty much try to publish any old thing he wrote do you think, apart from this do you think it's like a, like an ego thing with him like what 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 was it what was his you know because like we speak about other people and they've definitely got like a certain drive but with him being so contradictory you'd think that'd sort of like stymie his process and mm. uh, his progress rather and 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 but it doesn't does it he's it's really strange it's caught between a, a, a devil and the deep blue sea isn't yeah. he uh, it's like, caught between a, a rock and a hard on he's trying to push closer towards the eternal mm. There is like some kind of like artistic pride in everything he does. Mm. It's just it's so kind of like going in both directions. Do you think it's because he was wanking so much? You know, the person you are before you ejaculate and the person mm. you person you are directly afterwards. Mm. And that's why he contradicted himself so much because he was just wanking so much. Mm. Yeah, well, no, I, feel, I think everyone does a little bit, don't they? Like at some point, I mean, you're—he's a man in his between the ages of. 19 and 35 is when he was alive and doing all that mm. i think there's something that's kind of ordinary to sort of masturbate a lot isn't it and like and and, and book everything you can mm. book mm. what you need to realize as well is that he's from a culture of that mm. uh people going to church he's not he's only the product of his culture and his upbringing yeah um can't you say that about anyone though Absolutely, and him more so, as much as everyone else. Yeah. But, like, um, it's, it's what you want to take away from him, really. I don't think the discovery of this, like, uh, massive volume is um, is really going to, you know, deter me from enjoying his philosophy and how, like... I mean, he does present, though, what's interesting. He does present a philosophy that's impossible to live up to. Like... He he writes a book called um, Love Thy Neighbour or something like that, mm -hmm. Works of Love. Mm -hmm. And basically, that's the message of it, Love Thy Neighbour, and all of them, yeah. all the time. Like, except everyone's faults. Otherwise, you're like... Um, he did move house quite a lot Otherwise, you can... Uh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He meant it literally and yeah. also figuratively, yeah. as in everyone. Do you think that, like, you know what we were saying about, mm. like, he's, he's immemorable, like, physically? Do you think that's because his, his views are so out of phase with each other that they mm. completely cancel each other out? Like, he's just sort of like an indistinct kind of, like, fog. Yeah, of a man. <laughs> just like a, like a mist yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, because his hair's kind of misty. Yeah. And uh, his face especially, like... Uh, I mean, his, his wedlock's the only really standout bit mm. if he went down to see these prostitutes you know dressed in just like his normal clothes mm. i don't think he'd get any bother like, do you think like um because no one really cares when they see him but he he, he likes the chase of it first like mm. he likes not not so much game as mm. in like trying to convince someone to have sex with you but more of a kind of creeping around like kind of like perving mm. Uh, he enjoys that bit. Often the resolution, the actual ejaculation onto the... Which he never missed. He never missed the mound. No. 
Um, and he, ne- did he never had children, did he? No, 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 no interest in that. No. He describes a sort of mutual masturbation situation here, mm. but he does end up fucking her in the end. Mm. But like, um, you know, he likes it to start out with a bit of like a uh, bit of that. For twenty crowns, all her transitory temptations were mine for the taking. Such temporal breasts. She does not need my artifice, my status. She is happy with just a few groats. All of what is as temporal as her and me. His writing style is like looping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just kind of like he enjoys repeating himself. Yeah. But in a in a in a rhythmic kind of spiraling. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? No, it's 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 it's, it's like a guitar solo. Together in her boudoir, we are naked flesh. But I tell her to keep on those stockings and little shoes. I always tell them this. Sometimes I would tell them to keep on their bloomers. She obliged and showed me everything else of her wide, bosomy, pig-fat flesh. It's a quite derogatory language, yeah. isn't it? Pig-fat flesh. <laughs> and then leant back on the chair with legs apart to display her puckered hell. Her opening conveyed, and not only conveyed, but to display and displayed all the fringed mess of the flesh. And every time, and as every time, this caused me to chew mess. Just a little poem there. Have you heard that? Her opening conveyed, and not only conveyed, but to display and displayed all the fringed mess of the flesh. And as every time, this caused me to chew mess. <laughs> I, do, I don't know if he meant that to rhyme. I don't know. You seemed like your you were, your mouth was watering as you were saying that. I know. I'm I, I'm kind of getting a bit like of a saliva build-up yeah. for some reason. But like many times, I did not touch her. Not immediately. Instead, I told her options to choose such choices between the temporal and the eternal. For life has no meaning for life within itself. So she's like touching herself. He's mm. touching himself, and it appears that like she's he's telling her off a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like telling her like like basically, why aren't you choosing God's like you know like mm. projecting a bit maybe? Mm. You think definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's always an. Uh, Inevitable with him, isn't he? He's, he's gonna, he's gonna end mm. up just knobbing her anyway. Yeah, she says to him, like, "Spake forth your desires, oh dirty regular boy." <laughs> like, I told this to her whilst touching myself, until like, so he even admits it. I told this to her. Yeah, until he may I be could well take just no facing himself in a mirror. Really, might have been. Yeah, like it was just a, a, a bag of meat on the table. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like uh, maybe that's all, what all this is really about. A, 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 um, a punnet of mince strung around his waist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, he says, uh, I told this to her whilst touching myself. Well, we know that until I could take no more, but I took more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> capitals. Yeah, no, no, it's just how he. You know, he's he's got this trick, hasn't he, of like yeah. saying a word twice. Oh, to mean two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really into that. Yeah. Like, we've got a couple of moments like, where he does that. Yeah. Um, her opening conveyed and not only conveyed, but display and displayed. It's like he uses it twice for some sort of like effect. Yeah. Um, I took myself inside her catacomb, entering upon and within, sending forth trembling palpitations. It's a bit, bit much, isn't it? Yeah. Her teasing a full blossom, surely the work of God, verdant, oceanic, and wanting, if not just for the groats, then myself, if only for a moment. So he knows so, he's lying. Yeah, yeah, he knows he's lying to himself. He's yeah, like yeah. kind of doing all the sort of work. Yeah, he's doing the um, yeah the, 
the pollen bolero, innit? Yeah. I grip tight on her stockings. Their texture a fascination to me as all the fabric, as all fabric when encasing worldly flesh. So he likes his fabrics, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of goes back to his upbringing again. Yeah. Rag trade and that. Mm. Especially in my state of arousal, her bosom, bosom, breathes and moves. We go like this for several minutes. <laughs> so he's just sort of like, several minutes, so like, he, he can last all right, or so well, he yeah, says. yeah, but I mean, yeah, he, he, we, we'd all like to write our own reviews, wouldn't we? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a weird thing to do, isn't it? Have you ever written a, a thing about... A review of myself? Uh, yeah. About how like, long of... Yeah, I want, I want um, you know, an afternoon of nuts. <laughs> One after the other. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's what I'm that's where I'm that's where I'm headed. Um Is yeah. that the end? Is there any more? He says, Oh, he just rambles on now yeah. with some philosophy. We can do that bit in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a uh, sex war is clitoris fuck. So I was looking at that earlier and I thought maybe that was just Rafe kind of writing his own thing no no that's that actually from it isn't it yeah I but think it's scans better at, in Danish um, but if you look at all of Kierkegaard's book titles you've yeah. got like uh, The Sickness Unto Death yeah. you've got like Fear and Trembling you've got Either Or you've got Works of Love you've got yeah. like uh, his journals yeah. it's just called it's just a book of his journals yeah. add them all together and they're sort of like into one sort of like long sentence it's a bit like that sounds it? similar yeah, it? yeah 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 it's sort of like the thing he'd come out with yeah what was the thing I was thinking about then apart from the um, it's actually quite a short title in that sense sex war is clitoris fuck well if you think about it though that is everything that you just said there you can dance down into sex war is clitoris fuck yeah um, yeah because it's a war isn't it yeah in his own mind. Mm. He might even be on his own. Do you reckon that's real, what he just wrote? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know whether it's whether it was with another person. Mm. I reckon he, he experienced it. And that, what's think, more real than that? Do you think that, yeah, well, by his logic... That's by any logic. Philosophy. We've said it before, if you say it, it's, it's, it's real, It's it? what it is, yeah. yeah. It is what it is if you believe it. If because believe I believe it. that about, this is what I believe, not what other people believe but I believe what I think is yeah. paramount to like uh, my reality and anyone who goes against that is clearly wrong mm. it's why you can't trust anyone who, who cares what anyone else says like you're asking me before it's, it's been on my mind since you asked me because it's such an important question like what is subjectively real to me I think if you can't lift something up you don't own it no Yeah. so you can't own a house yeah not truly, no. You can't truly own a wool business. No. You as, can't... As his son prove. Yeah. But you can own a woman. You, well, if you can lift her above your head, you can, yeah, you can. I think you can with some of them. Um, so what's that about? So, going back to his, his line awakening on the Ferris wheel, mm. do you think that everything... Because obviously all of his writing's really cyclical... Do you think that it's a bit hacked to think he was literally on a wheel? His life is kind of like wheel-like, you know, like yeah. it's just basically he's he's stuck in a compartment looking out of one window, mm. wishing he was looking out of the other window at the clouds. So he's looking down at like uh, Buttfuck Alley, mm. wishing he was looking out at like uh, at the other window at like uh, kind of like a lovely sunset. Do you think that's true of all men? 
so yeah, I think of many. I, I think like it's difficult to, you know, forget your base urges, isn't it? Mm. And like basically your own ego. Yeah, you, you've done a very, very good job of denying your programming. Yeah, but but you've still you've still reverted to type recently. Accidentally, yeah, but on your own terms. Yeah, you know. Oh, you have to remember as well, I don't really go to many parties anymore. Uh, and I was at a party when that happened. And um, she did give me a lot of drugs. So, yeah, I don't know. She's a nice lady, I think. Like, um, Well, you know, there's, there's the thing about life is uh, taste is subjective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, some people are just nice. Uh, whether you think that their um, creative output is good or not. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so what? how do you think Kierkegaard was a nice man? <laughs> well, I don't know whether he was nice. Do you reckon he had uh, kind moments? He says, this is an actual quote from him, like... Okay. About his, his, his youth, like... Yeah. Sometimes I keep... Uh, a coin next to my bed helps yeah. me sleep. If there were no other, there was definitely one man in Copenhagen whom every poor person could freely accost and converse with on the street. Mm. That, if there were no other, there was one man who, whatever society he most commonly frequented, did not shun contact with the poor, but greeted every maidservant he was acquainted with, every manservant and every common labourer. So he'd say hello to everyone. If that's him talking about himself or just about some other person. That's not kind, is it? Um, he, he's very proud of that, though. Yeah, pride well, isn't it, kindness. He is feels it? like he's very recognisable, which is why he takes off his clothes and puts on his, like, kind of, like, boiler suit or whatever before he goes out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, he, he he's, he's clearly recognisable. Mm. Um, I mean, what led towards his, his death is... Is, Spent most of his money by now, and he's like, he's he's trying to kick the habit that he's got. So he kind of like goes to the big city. Where's that in Denmark? Copenhagen. Oh, the other one. The other, the other big city in, in Denmark. Oh, it'd be like, well, it wouldn't be Denmark, would it? It'd be like. Um, he went back to Berlin. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, he walks into Berlin and everything, you know, like in his sort of top hat and mm. tails, you know, and he's like kind of. Um, his little bow tie with like um, yeah, pink and um, yellow. Yeah, the family crest. Mm. What's it called? Is it the Juno? Mm. Uh, so one one of them's a, one of them's a man wanking on a duck, and the other one's a woman giving birth to a duck egg. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all about that kind of. Um, it's all about wool. Yeah, <laughs> of course it's it all, is. Yeah. Well, it's all about production, isn't it? Mm. And like a little kind of like a shield. Sort of yeah, like. and there's like a shattered cartwheel in the background. Mm. Which he's added since, yeah. really, like, as a yeah, little kind of, yeah. like, you know, he's had, he might have even drawn that crest himself. Like, Probably, yeah. Yeah, on his waistcoat yeah. and his shirt, and like on his um, shirt collar. Like yeah, his and if you looked at the top of his top part, it was actually on the circle on top yeah, of his just, top part as well. Just like... Um, but in in it's thankfully the colours of it is like uh, very dark blue on black, <laughs> yeah. like so you only have to talk to him and it's like oh that pattern's weird isn't it and then you look close to it and you go 
ah, so what did you say your name was? Soreen. And he's like, no, Soren Kierkegaard. But most people just call me Kirky. Back where I'm from, like, uh, I used to... I used to be friendly to everyone I ever met. I've just come down here because uh, I've written all these writings and I'm just, like, taking them to be published. And, you know, he's really, really pushing himself, mm -hmm. you know, like... Because uh, he's got, like, a kind of really bad cough at the time as well and his belly's quite bloated, like, mm. from, like, eating too many, like, kind of, like, Danish sausages and all that. And he's had <laughs> a terrible journey, you know, like, kind of, like, just, like, coughing up phlegm all over where Yeah, and like, he's got, into, like, um, just black pox all over his back mm. yeah he's not he's not feeling good because he's well, picked man. up um, he has picked up sexually transmitted diseases by now of as course well. he has yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's, um, his cock resembles like a chamois kebab yeah he can still urinate but it kind of like sprinkles <laughs> like. It, 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 it'd be like a little bit like the great escape be just sort of mm. like waggling his uh He's right foot. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and he stinks. Like, yeah. And everyone's talking about him. And um, <laughs> his his stuff doesn't get published. No. But what happens is one of these, like, kind of, you know, hipster kind of, like, artists around town has drawn, like, a picture of him. And they put in, like, the local paper and they kind of put, like, a little speech bubble on what he was saying. <laughs> like, like with, like, kind of smoke wafting off him. You know, like, really childish, isn't it? Yeah, and inside the speech bubble is a duck. Mm. And then that's got a speech bubble with mm. a question mark coming out of it. Yeah. And, it's real, um, like, real base sort of Danish satire. Yeah. Stuff, Even, the sort of stuff yeah. that got all those journalists killed. Because the thing is, Danish people have yeah exactly yeah. and Danish people were very very popular mm. in Berlin at the time so most yeah. of them were journalists yeah. in that sort of you know that, that's what they went over for and you'd think Kierkegaard could have had the opportunity to do that and Peter Kierkegaard certainly did but he chose to be a solicitor in England Kierkegaard saw this drawing of him in this like, like local rag and um, it just pushed it, it just made him really upset because it mm. was just kind of like, I've achieved nothing. Mm. And like, you know, he's laying down sick in bed, there's nothing left of him and like, um, you know, one of his sort of last words to like, you know, the nurses who were like looking after him mm. was that, you know, basically he was talking about all his theories of like, God and all that. Mm. He had one eye kind of like looking at a sort of like cleavage. Sometimes um, I have a, a piggy bank next to my bed as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, oh, sorry. A piggy on. bank? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to keep money in. Yeah. Just in case, you know. He says to her, like, we all have a choice. A choice. <laughs> Do you, my listener, know how to express in a single word anything more magnificent? Do you realise, even if you were to discuss year in and year out, how you could mention nothing more awesome than a choice? 
In despair, however, there is sometimes no choices. We are simply caught upon a fish hook and dragged back into a lower catacombs of spiralling earth. He's, he's like really fun to be around. Yeah. Like, generally. <laughs> Laugh a minute. Like, this is why he had so many friends. Like, mm. this I call the mammon, and the mammon calls on to me whensoever I feel a loss of power. A loss of control, the mammon will always welcome me into her sickness. Time and time again, isolated into moments of becoming through coming. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, not, he's, he's really good with that kind of like, yeah, cyclical thing, you know, like, and this is the end of his cycle and he's finally addressing it to her, how kind of like, how, how piffy his mm. life has been, basically. Yeah. But she's probably not understanding a word of not it. Not at all, no. I mean, no. he thinks he's going out swinging. Yeah. But she can just do like... Yeah. But it's weird that he's written it all down in his sex diary. <laughs> yeah. like, so he must have had well, time. Well, he planned it. Do you think he's just claiming he said all this? Well, yeah, like we've said, like, yeah. you know, only uh, only the tyrants write history, mm. don't they? Yeah. And he was the tyrant to himself. Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> the ultimate self-harmer, really, wasn't he? Uh, a pathetic little rot, man. Rotted his own knob off. Mm. And then, like, uh, wrote wrote a book about it, which hasn't been seen until someone grave-robbed him. Do you know his last words? Yeah. <laughs> what a choice, this choice of no choice, whereupon I sacrifice my calling for a choice. I beg thee... I will exclaim unto the heavens, I feel no choice, not when faced with a mammon. The mammon offers me sweet puckered lips and sweeter flaps and woes, sighs, groans and squeezes. <laughs> Temporal pleasure to be found in the tunnels of a mammon. So maybe arms and legs of a mammon to trace across my exposed flesh and slap some pangs of nails and teeth into my overturned buttocks. <laughs> the power and the promise of crowns in whatever quantity to feel their womanly encouragement to fulfill myself in temporary for that simple of all exchanges. And then he sort of like turns all serious to her apparently. Mm. That's what he says and he says, each person must choose between God and the world, God and mammon. No one can say God and the world, they are not, after all, so absolutely different. One can combine them both in one choice. This is to refrain from choosing. And then he finally says, now, after all that mammon, I choose God, and I know that God chooses me and all is forgiven. Because now, I'm ready. If you were 35 years old mm. or older, mm. are you kind of like looking at the end of your life? But you could potentially be like his mate who married his yeah. girlfriend. It just goes to show that everyone has like, you know, material potential mm. to just do a lot better than what they are. Mm. And does that not does does that not just teach you basically the lesson 
to be learned from Kierkegaard is that, you know, don't be such a knob cheese about everything. 